Welcome to episode nine. No, oh, geez. Okay, let's start again. Moment episode of nine. Moment of silence. <laughs> I, James, founded and work for HPI, but do not represent them or any of their opinions. Welcome to Season 9, Episode 325 of the Furlough Bros Tech Podcast. Every week, we definitively answer one question about the future of tech. To do that, we take into account many factors, including the companies involved, the people working for them, their marketing, and of course, the technology they're developing. I'm Matthew Dean Furlow. I'm compounding the NFL's growing problems is my brother, James Furlow. Yeah, that's right. I um, I just watched what were probably like the two best commercials for the Super Bowl. So it means now I don't have to watch it. Wow. So you're rewatching the commercials that already played on Super Bowl because that's the only time you can see it, right? Is that what yeah. happened? Yeah, that, that's it. Um, yeah, see what happened was um, I went back in time apparently because I was able to see all of the commercials on a website already embedded on YouTube. Oh, is that, and this was on, because, and, and, and this is, we're recording this on Saturday, so. Saturday, yeah. yeah. So. so clearly it's from the Super Bowl last weekend. Because right. why would, <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah, kind of like I honestly I have no interest in watching the Patriots win another football game that has no bearing on my life. But um, commercials can be entertaining. Amazon has a new one out there for their uh, their female voice, and um, which is which is funny. But I was able to see it already. There's so, only one thing that people keep special for some reason, and it's movie trailers. Like well, the those, Tom Clancy one is available already, but yeah, but it's the Han Solo solo movie is yeah. It's because Disney's not dumb. Yeah, they, <laughs> they know what they're doing. Um, yeah. Anyways, James, we're not here to talk about the failing NFL. Um, maybe another week right, when we have a longer show, we would talk about it. But <laughs> <laughs> that's um, true. But not this week. Uh, so we got a. I got a question, and it's basically the the, the big question here is. Should states slash the federal government pass a right to repair law? Um, and I, uh, so I'm going to set that up a little bit because do you, are you familiar with the rights, right to repair? So I feel like the, um, I feel like they, everyone has a right to repair, like that's been passed, but, um, it doesn't necessarily mean it's actually functional or you can do it. Correct. So, there's this, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, there's one industry in particular that's really pushing this, and there's one company in particular that is sort of the nemesis of this, because they're the, the chief culprit. So <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna walk through where we were, where we are, and where people want to go from here. Okay. So, uh, it used to be, let's think 1970s and prior, you'd go to John Deere and say, times. I want a tractor for my farm, I want a combine for my farm, I want big industrial equipment for my farm. Okay. Buy that tractor, um, and eventually it would break down and wear down, whatever. So you had a couple options. You could take it to a John Deere uh, uh, dealer, an authorized John Deere dealer. And they could fix it for you. Be expensive, they're authorized. Uh, you could go to an authorized John Deere repair shop. Maybe not part of the John Deere corporate structure, but they've authorized with them. Again, probably pretty expensive. You're getting that totally. Um, you could go to an unauthorized John Deere uh, repair shop, and they were oftentimes people that had worked for the dealer or other authorized people at one point. So they know how it works. They know what, what's going on. Um, 
within the the tool. Like this is you're starting to get the picture here. It's a lot like you know, uh, like auto car. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you could go to, you could have your neighbor who used to work at the repair shop could do it. You could take a crack at it. There were yeah. parts that were widely available. People would, um, companies would build extra add-ons and new things that could be integrated into it because after all, it's just a mechanical tractor, right? <coughs> um, and, totally. Yeah. And, and the big point here is that all that extra competition drove down prices and it, um, and, and it made great availability for farmers who, for locality. They didn't have to go long distances. Those are the two big, big perks for farmers with that situation. John Deere, on the other hand, wasn't thrilled with the situation as it was because it drove down prices. <laughs> um, <laughs> is there are, is do not you think, there are, yeah. do, do you think, um, you know, I, I don't know this to be true, but in the automotive industry, from what I understand, they make very little money actually selling the cars and most of their profits come from repairs. Is that also true with John Deere? Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. 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 Um, and I, and I would, yeah, you know, I, I'll be, if I'm totally honest, I don't, I don't know the specific numbers, but from what I understand, it's a similar thing where it's like, okay. parts are expensive and, um, so this is where things are. Sometime around the 1980s, computers started to get integrated into everything, cars and tractors. So they started off putting little timing instruments into the engines. And tractors are far more complicated than cars. They're capable of a lot more. So more sensors, more control systems, all sorts of stuff became highly advantageous. Um, and so mm. nowadays, tractors are, are, are really sophisticated moving robots in a lot of ways. They've got Ooh, a robots. tremendous amount of, of electronics on them and sensors everywhere. And that's made them really valuable and high performance while they work. Um, but the consequence of it is now that, um, and, and diagnosing them, they know so much more about themselves that it's a lot easier for a repair technician to go in and figure out what's wrong. Cause there's so many sensors everywhere. Mm. Um, and the, the, the downside to this is that they're way more sophisticated and software is proprietary and not shared with anybody. So nobody but authorized dealerships and repair um, facilities are given that software. Huh. So nobody but people who are working with John Deere can do that. And I then, get that. To make things worse, John Deere intentionally goes through and says replacement parts and add-on parts have to work with the software. They have to have they have to be hmm. signed digitally. So only authorized replacement parts and authorized hmm. add-ons installed by authorized dealers, of course, are going to work with your tractor. Wow. Um, so you can buy these really expensive, like if you want like like a satellite tracker, for example, so you can do GPS thing. If you want a new one or you want a, a used one, you can't just go on eBay and buy one for cheap that's used but still working. Um, so people, so you're like, I could see, I, I can see John Deere's side of this and I can see where, where, the, where the farmers are frustrated by this. And, in a way, we all pay for it because we all buy food from farmers. Um, is that like like competition uh, drives up prices? So the current state of affairs is there are people that will download illegal software and um, why don't they just buy a Caterpillar or a Cabelco or something like that? Because 
everybody does the same thing. Okay. Um, I, I don't, you know, to answer the question, I would say- Right, I, I mean, you would think if this is like, that's in, in, in economic theory, that's the idea is you've got customers who have a wants and a need. Therefore, companies, maybe not John Deere, but say Caterpillar will say, yeah, you know what, we're in. Well, sure. I, th I would argue that the that probably the argument is that if you're going to make less money after the thing has sold, you have to make more of your profits up front. So or you, you just make less profits. Just, I don't know, crazy idea. Well, yeah, but I mean, if you're, if, if as in like the car industry, one of the, one of the, one of the tricks is that sometimes cheap cars are more expen expensive to repair until they really get to volume. Um, because if parts are rare, you know, Honda Civics are, are, are super simple to repair because there's just so many of them. There's a lot of replacement parts out there. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. I, I hear what you're saying, but, um, and, 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 you know, this is part of the debate. Um, what people want, what the farmers want is they basically want to be able to buy, uh, replacement components that, um, they want to be able to buy replacement components just like they were an authorized reseller. They want to be able to get a hold of everything. Cause right now John Deere will just say, no, you can't buy that. You have to buy it through a dealer. Um, and hmm. they want more availability for that. They also want the di diagnostic software to be available to the public. So the stuff hmm. that the authorized dealers have, that's got to be made available to other people. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, and then there, there are, there's a smattering depending on what, what state and, and who's proposing the legislation, there's a smattering of other propositions, but the overall goal of it, and the devil's always in the detail, but we'll just talk about the overall goal here is that, uh, cause that's all we've got is this idea of, um, they're trying to make it easier for non-authorized personnel to work on the tractors. And the example yeah. that I'm going to give is Massachusetts passed a law that many of these laws are framed after called the automotive right to repair. And it lays the groundwork for a very similar thing that goes on in Massachusetts where, where dealers and the car companies have to make their diagnostic software available and they have to make their um, replacement parts available as well. So basically the, the, all they're asking, what is generally being asked for is saying, we want, the public wants the same access to tools the company has um, and authorized resellers have so that we can do those things ourselves. Um, the authorized resellers hate it because that's their entire business model and the dealers don't like it because the extra competition drives up prices. That's the argument of the con for the, for, for the, the, uh, you know, is that really, that's not the reason that John Deere gives. It's not obviously, and, and I mean, they're smarter is, than that. And this is why it gets complicated and why it's more germane to, it's an interesting question in and of itself, but the reason it's more germane to, to our podcast is because, uh, one of the biggest advocates against right to repair laws in most of these states is, is, HP. Apple, is Apple computers. Oh. Yeah, or Apple Inc. rather. Yeah, um, because the reality of it is that a lot of this legislation is going to affect more than just tractor uh, manufacturers, but pretty much any hardware that's software driven. That includes TVs, cars, printers, refrigerators, and iPhones. Mm. Um, and so many tech companies object and their argument for it is, number one, it will force them to give away too much proprietary technology. They're that's basically right. saying, this, this, this is our secret sauce. This is how we make what we make. Um, and, and if we, <coughs> yeah, it's just as much a software product as it is a hardware product. 
Exactly. And a lot of this software is, yeah, if we give you all the diagnostic stuff, we're giving it to our competition too. And it just opens us up to competition that we wouldn't otherwise be willing to do. We can't protect our trade secrets is one of the big arguments. Um, uh, another one is that they said is that they argue with, and this is the one I'm actually most sympathetic to, um, is that the internal diagnostic software is not designed for consumer level use. And as such, it's not stable enough for non-trained technicians to use it safely. Um, <laughs> well, that's because they choose not to design it for customer use and choose not to invest in making sure it's stable, like all of their other software that they somehow figured out how to do that for. Well, exactly. But their argument is that if we're dealing with, if all we're ever dealing with is trained technicians, it's actually cheaper for us than going through the development process of making this public state, public state. That's their cost, argument. Cost is not a good reason, but okay. Well, and then, um, and then, and then their last, their, their last argument is where they try to make it consumer focused, um, which is to say that the regulations will be onerous and way too expensive. And basically they'll, that like, um, AT&T is threatened in there. There's one, uh, there's an article on motherboard. That's got a, a video that's worth checking out. If you're, if you want more information and there's one of the scenes, there's a, uh, a lobbyist for AT&T that's basically saying, look, we won't sell any of our, we won't sell products in this state if you pass this law, cause it'll be too expensive, which, you know, I'm pretty certain like you're flirting with antitrust issues there, but you know, whatever I'm, they're lawyers. They know more than I do. Yeah. So um, that's just like, ah, that's so bully tactic. Oh, we just won't sell to you. I, I mean, I kind of get it, but at the same time I could see like Caterpillar again. I think Caterpillar here could be a, could, could clean up and go, you know what? We're not huge in the agricultural so, industry. So before let's, James, let's get into this. I, James, I just don't wait a second. Wait a second before, before we, cause this is kind of, this is the, I'm done with my proposition. So before okay. we move on, let me let me uh, let you know that this episode of the Furla Bros is being brought to you by uh, Pig Leather. Um, take a pig oh, after so you slaughter. Take your take take its skin off of it, uh, process it, and then um, wrap it up and and inflate it. And you can do all sorts of fun things with that, like uh, play uh, play play football. That's that's one of the options specifically. That's the option. Um, you can also wear it, I guess. I don't. Sure. Why not? It's got to be a thing, right? I feel it's like be a th that feels like that's a thing. I write because I mean, like pig leather. That's that sounds awful. Like there's. <laughs> I don't know. I just why. got some pig skin on me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I we're we're really having a hard time selling this, but you know. I feel like just leather in general is kind of an interesting. I'm yeah, not a leather you, guy, I suppose. You, you think about it too much, and it starts. To <coughs> Oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'll eat pig and cow all day long, oh, yeah. cooked, cooked usually. But I, um, I mean, not too much, right? Like, there's a, there's a fine line there of, oh, this is overcooked. And I want it to be cooked, but I don't want it to taste like leather. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, tastes like leather, pig leather. Yeah. So go out, which and is some... what this episode is brought to you by. Exactly. So go out there and and watch some pig leather, or buy some pig leather, or just eat some pork. Whatever. All that money comes to us somehow, or it doesn't. <laughs> anyway. So so semi. So getting back to 
to this whole right to repair thing. Uh, my, my biggest experience, and um, I'm going to reiterate that uh, I even rigorate, uh, reiterate that uh, I, even though I founded and work for HPI, I don't represent them or any of their opinions, but this is where the majority of my experience comes from. So HP makes printers and sells cartridges. And the issue that we run up against is people like to fill our cartridges with ink that's not ours. That's horrible. It's horrible. Does it, does it ruin their printers and make them not work right? You know, it, it might. It might. And um, definitely voids any warranty that you may or may not have. What? Um, but we ran into this issue a long time ago. And, and the question was, can we, because we had the technical expertise to lock people out to be able to detect if it was our ink or someone else's ink and have the printer just not work for the sake of the customer, right? To say, look, we don't think it's as good as ours. There's a potential of it gumming up your hardware and messing it up. And then you're going to come back to us and want us to fix it. And so we're just, we'd like to avoid that altogether. And so we don't, if it's not HP ink, we're not using, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we had that ability. And legally it came out of like, uh, no, sorry, can't do that. <laughs> um, we have to, uh, we have to, we can't do that, <laughs> I guess. We can track it and we know, <laughs> um, but uh, there's nothing that we can do to legally stop it. Right. And, and this feels really similar to me of this idea of we sold a piece of equipment and perhaps instead of using ink it's uses software and things get repaired and the question is should you be you know should we allow you to to use it or not and i mean i can tell you from an i who i don't represent i can tell you that yeah, hb obviously we comply with all laws um but we don't <laughs> love it yeah <laughs> you know if we had a there's a reason why we refresh our printers and cartridges like every year and um, it's not because we just got R&D guys sitting around and we want to give them something to do. It's, it's a game of cat and mouse. That's the game that we play. And I do not represent HP or any of their opinions as I feel like I'm flirting with my job right now. Um, so it feels similar to me in that sense. And I guess in all of what I just said, I, I don't know if I, I, I'm not saying who's right or who's wrong, but I definitely get both perspectives. I get like John Deere here or Apple saying, man, there's a ton of extra work that would go into uh, us allowing, or we put in a ton of work to make these machines. And, and ideally we want to maintain control of them and how they're treated because we know inevitably people are going to come back to us and ask for help to do it. Well, and, and yes, we do make money. Yes. But we actually think this is the most cost-effective way to do it. Now, yeah, I'm, some might say John Deere gets a little greedy because they, they've got profit margins that they want to try to hit, just like HP does, just like, I don't know, I feel like Apple does, but they seem to be going up every year, so they don't have a problem. But yeah. I, I think, you know, but they're looking 10 years down the line. I get it. Hard, smartphone shipments fell 4% year over year worldwide this last year. So, you know, they're, they're not dumb. They know I'm, that that's not lasting forever. One of the things that conflicts me is this idea that I'm like, on one hand, like, so I'm, I'm working on a project right now and I'm, and, and I'm actually actively working on the administrative 
tools, right? And we want those to be up to snuff and, and usable for administrative people, but they're going to be really powerful in that they bypass right. a tremendous amount of the security that's put in place intentionally. Mm. They're, they're meant to allow you to do things. There's, there's so much of what I built is all about making sure that the actual important stuff isn't test, touched by anything but a machine. And this, a lot of these administrative tools are about burrowing through that to allow very few particular individuals totally. to get into that stuff more directly. There you go. That's a great example. So, so to me... Um, so we're with Big Brother. That's what I'm hearing. Exactly. So there's a part of me that's like, I get where Apple comes from, where they sit there and go like, we're not going to give... We don't want the average Joe to be able to do this because they might destroy their, their stuff. And it's not, it's just not, it's not a question of whether or not it's practical to spend the time to build these administrative tools. It's a question of whether or not it's possible to do it in a way that's, that's stable for without trained technicians. That's one hand of it. The other hand that I have is the exact question that you asked is why doesn't the free market take care of this? Right. Why doesn't, why isn't there, why there are a lot of other tracks, which I feel like, Android is a perfect example with all yes. the different manufacturers where you go, look, if it's really important for you to be able to easily swap out your battery or repair your phone, get an Android. They're just, I can't believe I'm going to say this. They're just as good as I Nope, I can't finish that sentence. They're, they're good. They're good phones. And so um, they can work if that's important to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, and he, probably how some farmers feel about Caterpillar tractors. Yeah, Which obviously, because clearly Caterpillar, like construction world, they own it. You know, that's them. And I get the sense they don't play nearly as much in the farming world and vice versa. They both have kind of figured out what their niches are. I yeah, think. but the, but I was going to say, but the construction people will tell you the same thing, that, that Caterpillar are are infinitely more complex than they were 30 years ago. And the consequence of that is that they're, the costs keep going. I mean, it's the same thing that's happened with the automotive world. It's the same... It's the same. Well, we do it to ourselves, right? Because yeah. we want that extra sensor. And I mean, if you're, I've, I know more about the construction industry than I do about farming, but imagine in the construction industry, if you can create some sort of sensor when you're digging in a hole, if it feels more pressure than whatever your setting is, it stops so you don't break a pipe. Yeah, I want that. That's yeah. worth a lot of money to me. But, you know, with that, it, yeah, it comes a computer, it comes a sensor, it comes. Yeah software and i i asked for it yeah <laughs> you know? and a lot of these companies would make the argument of you know why you you know we it was very very common uh you know 10 20 years ago to make the jokes about how you know if pc if microsoft made a car it wouldn't work all the time it would crash on you and blah blah blah, <laughs> blah. and they'd make fun of microsoft but one of the beauties of windows was how easy it was for a developer like at any level to just sort of dive in and get control right. of the system that sort of level of control allows for crazy experimentation and development. Right. The downside to it is that it makes it very unstable if you can just sort of poke around at system level stuff. And Apple's whole strategy was we're going to, you know, their Steve Jobs' strategy was, no, we're not going to let the user do that because we don't want them to be able to break it. And John Deere's like, dude, people die if we mess up. So it's important we get it right. Um, do they? That's, yes, exactly. Well, the car companies will make that argument. There's, okay. Yes, I could see a car company making that argument, especially an autonomous car company making that argument. 
I feel like a tractor, that's less the case, but um, sure, there's probably safety concerns in there. Yeah. Potentially. It doesn't stop and there's someone in the way or whatever. Just like in Superman 4, that could be an issue. Exactly like that, James. (laughs) Just like that. And Superman's not around, so what's going to happen to little little Lana Lane's boy? Yeah. I, I... To me, one of what I'd like to see, honestly, is I would. I don't know. It, it's tough because it's like I, I see I see both sides of it. I'd love for a state to to give it a go to to pass just a blanket, not an automotive right to repair, but just a blanket right to repair. Like if you know if it fits. That's the joy of the United States, right? To, to I know, man. States. Let Nebraska say, yeah, you know what. We're adopting this, and let's laboratories of democracy. That's what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, and I, I'm I would love to that. see it because I, I I honestly don't know where this falls. You know, I, and and because I I think that there'd be a huge advantage to it if you could get on. You know, if you could, I think there'd be. I, I, think, I think I I think I, I'm going to say this. I think HP, Apple, and John Deere are playing it wrong. Okay. And, and, and I, I think I can share this. I, I know like we've had internal debates about whether or not to endorse third party Inc. I really like how you say, I think I can say this and then just go ahead and say, I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, so one of the ideas that you bat around is, well, what if we do create some certified HP refill Inc. And we just kind of embrace it and go, yep, you can put, it's got our sticker. It means it's gone through our testing and we have some sort of licensing fee. Imagine if we didn't have to spend the money on the manufacturing of all that and the shipment of all those. And instead we spent our money on licensing and, or we got our money from licensing and we didn't have to spend as much money manufacturing. We could make a claim for better for the planet, better access to customers. We could actually probably make more profit off of this. I'm like there's a lot of, and, and we don't have to necessarily give our formula out. We just are going to test it and let people know if it matches it. And, 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 and that idea has been kicked around um, for various reasons that hasn't been accepted yet. But I wonder if John Deere could do something similar where it's like, I, I, they sit there and go, yeah, you know what, fine. We're going to let you repair it. We're going to let you do it. We're going to be super customer friendly. And uh, yeah, you're going to pay more for the hardware up front. And it might cost you a little bit more. But um, yeah, that's fine. So I've, I've read, I've been reading around this. I've, I've been reading about this in different places. And yeah. one of the places I read was a forum for, for software developers and programmers talking about this and discussing it. And one of the things that was getting a little bit of attention was this idea of how farms are underserved communities when it comes to technology. It's not a huge market. There's not tons of people and they don't tend to be. Makes sense. There's not a lot of software development farmers. Um, so <laughs> Uh, they exist, they definitely exist, there's just not a lot of them. And so the idea of having a strong open source community of guys who could actually develop software for tractors that's open source and available um, is not realistic. But if John Deere were to do something along those lines, like, you know, and and I just, a, a public, public, private partnership of some form of, of an understanding of like, 
look, this realistically, this needs to happen this way. And, and I do think that some level of legislation, I think I understand where the legislation comes from because I'm not even sure that like people necessarily, I, I do think that the regulations will be onerous and be difficult to work with and make things way more expensive. I think ultimately the best like solution would be the private companies saying, okay, we're going to play nice. Kind of do what Google did with Android. Say there are core functionalities that we're going to hold on to because they're required for security and safety. Yeah. And there's a lot of other stuff that we're going to just leave the tendrils out there and let developers yeah. latch on to. And we're going to make those public and we're going to make those easily accessible. Um, we're going to make API effectively for other, other. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. And then we'll go with the diag. And it's funny because it's like even Apple with like the battery things, one of the, you know, one of the big things that they had with the latest batch of APIs in um, when, when they did the latest update was actual like APIs that allowed you to check the battery stuff. Basically, they have a bunch of internal APIs that only works with their diagnostic software. They made all those public or many of them public. There you go. You know, and, and I, I think that there's something there, but I do think that you might need a bit of legislation to sort of get these companies. Yeah, but I think like that's again where it's like they're just being short-sighted because I feel like John Deere could say, yeah, $100 a year or something, we'll give yeah. you access to this updated API, whatever it is, and you can do it. And, um, you know, and now they're just going to collect an extra 100 bucks a year or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like it's a... Make it a make it a reasonable fee, and just like what Apple proved with iTunes, people want to be, they want to they want to stay legal. They want to play within the law. If you're reasonable, they'll play along. Yeah. And and they're at risk of losing that a lot as a result of this. And obviously, that's the game. Maybe they're hoping that if it ever gets pushed to legislation or to court or whatever, that's when they can come out and. And say, hey, hey, we got an idea. Let's do this instead. Which is why I, that's where I think legislation might be necessary is is just to scare them into playing yeah playing ball. Because yeah. that's that's the reason why Apple opened up their battery stuff is because they're getting sued like crazy and they're afraid that that legislation is going to come down and they're going to have to figure out how to play ball. Yeah. But anyway, that's, that's something I I do like and respect about Google is so, they say, yeah, money's a thing, but you know what? We just want to wow customers and make them happy. So if I was a customer at Google, what would I want? And um, they don't do evil. <laughs> so just, uh, we're going to throw this question out there. The same question to everybody else. What do you want it? Do you, if you're, you're listening and you want to get a little bit, uh, a little bit political, <laughs> should there be regulation that forces companies into this? What are, what are, what are hurdles? What are advantages and disadvantages? What are your thoughts? Show yeah. Us. Yes. Yes. So. so as you're contemplating that, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for joining us. We really do appreciate it. You can check out the links on this show at furlobros.com slash 325. I want to say thanks to Jason Kobler of Motherboard and also of Craig Lloyd of How to Geek for um, contributing information to this podcast you can subscribe to this podcast by the way bt dubs on itunes and google play and um this podcast is also sponsored by listeners just like you and big leather <laughs> congrats patriots on your victory i'm really hoping that i'm i just you know that i get them with that one uh, so uh with that i am <laughs> 
I am James Furlow, and my my pig loving brother <laughs> is Matthew Furlow, and we will talk next time.